One of the biggest complaints I hear golfers express about the game is how long it can take to play. But the last thing you want to do in response to slow play is to rush because that strategy can actually add time to your round. In this episode, I share some simple ways you can improve and maintain a successful pace of play in golf. She Talks Birdie is for you, the golf enthusiast who wants to discover how to play the game you love better, smarter, and more effortlessly. If that sounds like exactly what you need to take your game to the next level, then I'm so glad you stopped by. My name is Dr. Shannon Reese, and in each episode, we'll take a look behind the curtain in your mind to uncover the simple mindset strategies that will help you play great. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. If the title of this episode piqued your interest, I will conclude that you don't like slow play. If your response to it is to rush, then you've likely experienced the downsides associated with it. Stay tuned for specific ways you can navigate pace of play issues without sacrificing your game in the process. But first, I'd like to send a warm thank you to Professional Toenail Cutter for leaving your recent podcast review. You wrote, I've been golfing since I was five years old. I've been told many times that I have a great swing, but I've never been able to reach my goals of getting to a single-digit handicap. It wasn't until I started listening to this podcast that I finally reached my goal. Went as low as an 8.9 index. Thank you, Dr. Reese. Keep the advice coming. Next goal, get my first ace. Well, professional toenail cutter, first of all, congratulations on reaching your goal. Nice job, Rockstar. And I'm happy if I made a small contribution to your success. Keep up the great work and let me know when you get to that first ace. I'm rooting for you. Now let's dive into today's topic. The strategies in this episode are practical and centered around the parts of the game you can control because other people's pace of play is not one of them. I am constantly hearing the frustrating and disappointing stories of rounds when someone tried to make up for another's pace of play. It's simply an approach that is going to backfire on you. To help illustrate how this happens, let me tell you about Sandy. Sandy and I had been working on her mental toughness for an entire season. She had made tremendous strides overcoming so many types of mental interference over the months, and her results really showed it. The final tournament of the summer junior golf season was approaching fast, and she was ready mentally, emotionally, and technically. Tournament day arrived, and her warm-up was excellent. Sandy even got off to a great start. But then an outside distraction began to emerge that she hadn't expected. There was a girl in her group who was playing incredibly slow. At first, Sandy took things in stride. She stuck to her game plan and her pace. But as the holes went on, she found herself paying more attention to the other girl's pace. It wasn't enough to derail Sandy's focus until a rules official pulled up and gave the group a slow play warning. In response, and contrary to her training, 
Sandy tried to quicken her pace because she was rattled by the warning she wasn't accustomed to getting. She made a couple of mistakes over the next few holes, but then the rules official came around again with a second and final warning for the group to pick up the pace. Sandy's focus shifted off her own game and her mission became getting the group to move faster. The last thing she wanted was a penalty that in her mind would prevent her from winning the event. Instead of sticking to her pace and her quality approach to every shot, she became focused on how fast she could play and how she could get everyone else to play faster too. Unfortunately, two things began happening that made matters worse. First, she started making more mistakes. And second, those mistakes resulted in more shots and more time on each hole. Sandy was trying to play quickly rather than with quality and her efforts to change her pace had absolutely no impact on speeding up the pace of the girl in her group. She didn't come close to winning the event, and her group finished without receiving a penalty. Sandy called me after the tournament very unhappy about how things had turned out. As I normally do with a client, we walked through the round hole by hole to discuss what had gone well and where Sandy could draw some valuable lessons from the things that hadn't. Reflecting on the round, she realized how many shots she'd given away because she'd allowed her focus to get so far off her game. I asked her what she thought she would have shot had she stuck to her pace and gotten the penalty. She figured that she would have won the event by a fairly good margin. Lesson learned. My dad always says that the best lessons he's learned over the years are the ones that cost him the most. I have found that to be true in my life, too. You can bet that from that day forward, Sandy never deviated from her good pace again. The point I want to make here is that there's never a good reason to rush. When you do, you can guarantee there'll be unwanted consequences. What I want to talk about is a better way to approach play that helps you stick to a better pace overall. The USGA published some tips to improve your pace of play on their website. They included things like arriving early for your tee time, being ready to hit when you're on the tee, using the buddy system when riding in a cart with a partner, and being efficient with your time when you're on the green. You'll find the link to the full article in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. The one recommendation they made that I disagree with is keeping your pre-shot routine short. Keeping your routine short is the wrong objective. Please understand that I'm not suggesting that you should play at a slow pace that prevents you from staying in position relative to the other golfers on the course. I believe that you should take a quality approach to every shot and set a pace that enables you to do that. Your pre-shot routine needs to be systematic and efficient and a process that positions you to hit the best shot you can the first time, every time. That will help you complete each hole in the allotted amount of time or less. A great mental routine won't slow you down. It will ultimately help you play more efficiently because with the right mindset, you will make fewer mistakes. Consider the goals you have for any round. You want to score well, enjoy yourself, and hit as many good shots as you can. In order to accomplish those goals, you've got to have a pace of play that allows for those things to happen. 
The more consistent the pace of your mental pre-shot routine, the more consistent your overall performance will be. Why do you rush? As I shared in my story about Sandy, I'm sure there are times you rush because of a slow person in your group. Maybe you pick up the pace because there's a group pressing from behind. How have you responded to an invitation to play through? Do you play at your normal pace or do you try to get through your shots quickly to get out of the way? Perhaps you've even rushed in the past on a troublesome hole because you simply wanted to get it over with. These are all reasons motivated by external circumstances. Whatever your reasons have been, I will say again, there's never a good reason to rush unless you really don't care at all about how you'll play as a result. There are specific consequences that can result when you alter your normal approach to the game. Things like making poor club choices, missing the important details while reading a putt, sacrificing quality in your swing, worrying about the future or trying to make up for the past, getting wrapped up in other people's play instead of staying completely invested in your game. Overall, rushing adds stress and anxiety to your round, which is never beneficial. If you find yourself rushing in the middle of a round, the best thing you can do for yourself and your game is to slow down. You might be thinking, what? That will just make things worse. Nope. It will actually allow you to get back to your best pace of play so that you can play well and avoid getting bogged down on the course. Whenever I speak to golfers about pace of play, the biggest objection I get is that no one wants to hold up anyone else. I get that. But circling back to my story about Sandy and the consequences of speeding up, I really want you to think about what takes longer. Does it take longer to give yourself a few extra moments to settle down so you can take a quality and focused approach to your next shot? Or does it take longer to rush, hit a poor shot that you might have to search for, or even replay, adding more strokes to your hole? The answer is simple. Rushing takes longer in the end. So stick to your good pace no matter what, even when there are external temptations that might compel you to speed things up. We've addressed the external factors that can influence pace of play changes, but sometimes you might choose to rush because you let your emotions get the better of you. A great way to keep tabs on your pace of play is to be sensitive to the pace of your body, like the pace of your heart rate or breathing, the pace of your thoughts, the pace at which you are walking, and the pace at which you are swinging. Of the four, you probably have one that is more obvious to you than the others. Consider that your way of knowing when you are allowing your pace to get too quick. In response to stress, your heart rate and breathing can increase. If you feel pressure building within, take a moment or two to regain control by inhaling and exhaling more slowly until you feel that pressure begin to subside. By focusing on slowing your breathing, it can be easier to regain control and quiet your mind. In response to stress, sometimes your thoughts can get away from you and you find yourself overanalyzing a shot situation, struggling to settle on a club, or the read of a putt. The key to being able to commit to a shot is to lock down the details of the shot plan completely. You've got to make a definitive decision about what you want to do. 
If you become aware of excessive thinking, take a moment or two to simplify your thoughts by centering them on where you want the ball to go. Locking your mind onto a desired target can help refocus your mind on what matters. In response to stress, you might find yourself walking more quickly to your shot or eliminating a read from both sides of a putt to save time. If you become aware of an increase in the pace of your movements, try to reduce your speed by 50% so you give yourself the time and space to take a quality approach to your next shot rather than possibly missing some details that make a difference. Have you ever rushed your downswing or hit an errant shot? Sometimes stress can impact the intensity or tempo of your swing. You want to recognize the impulse to swing harder or to try to hit the ball. Your job is to swing freely to your destination point where you want the shot to go. Make sure that you pay attention to playing with a great rehearsal swing that reinforces the way you want your complete swing to feel. In golf, a quality approach prevents a higher quantity of shots. That's why it's so important to know what your good pace is and to stick with it. To wrap things up, I want to share three ways you can improve your pace of play by doing some homework before heading to the course. The more prepared you are, the easier your shot planning will be on the course, helping you maintain a consistent, efficient, and quality-driven pace of play. The recommended assignments include number one, reviewing the course, number two, adjusting your strategy, and number three, taking a simple focus with you to the course. Let's start with number one, reviewing the course. This homework assignment applies if you play several different courses around town or have multiple courses at your home club. It's always a good idea to review the layout and nuances of the course you will be playing before the round starts. If you'll be playing a new course, then take advantage of the available flyovers and videos of the holes, get your hands on a yardage book, or speak with a friend who has had good experience playing that course. You could even take things a step further by considering the course architect's design tendencies, like the greens on a die course, for example. By taking a look and planning the outline of your strategy before you leave the house, you will be more efficient with your time while playing. Number two, adjusting your strategy. Another big time and potential stroke-saving assignment you can complete before you leave the house is to examine the holes on your home course that tend to pose problems for you. Think about where you typically get big numbers, lose balls, and find yourself in trouble positions. Then think about how you might revise the way you play those holes or from specific lies to best leverage your strengths in the bag. There may only be a handful of holes that come to mind, but when you consider how much time you might save overall by reducing your shot count on each hole by one, it adds up. The great thing about golf is there there are so many different ways you can play a hole well. Tap into your creative and flexible thinking and consider where some changes could make a meaningful difference in saving you time, even though you stick to a good pace of play. And number three, taking a simple focus to the course. My final time-saving tip is to simplify your approach to your next round. This assignment also needs to take place at home when you can thoughtfully consider 
what the one thing under your direct control is that you'd like to do better or more consistently in your next round. Identify something specific yet simple and actionable that you know will help you play better. The better you play, the less time it takes you to play, meaning that there won't be instances when you feel the need to rush. Examples include choosing a specific target for every shot or focusing only on the shot you actually want to hit or making a point to swing to your target rather than trying to hit the ball. As I hope you can see from the examples I just shared, ideally your simple focus will be on the process rather than the outcome. Only by selecting something within the process will you actually be able to control it. Wanting better outcomes is the result of being better at focusing on a quality process. Are you now able to see how much the quality of your pre-shot routine impacts your pace of play? By making sure you take the time needed to prepare well for each shot, you will position yourself to hit a good shot the first time much more often. Not every shot will be perfect, but the last thing you want to do when you are concerned about pace of play is to speed yours up. It will cause more problems than it will ever solve, slowing you and your group down further. Fight back against the desire to rush and invest in playing at your best one shot at a time. You'll find that your rounds are filled with much more enjoyment and a lot less stress. To grab a copy of a one-page summary of the high points of this episode, be sure to head over to trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 017 and get yourself a free copy. That's trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 017. And if you have any questions about this episode, be sure to join me on Tuesday inside my Facebook group for my next live Q&A session at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, where you can ask me anything. You will find the link on my show notes page at trainingfor-optimal-performance.com forward slash 017, and I'd love the chance to connect with you inside my private group. To recap, the best strategies you can use to improve and maintain a successful pace of play are to know what your good pace is, to fight back against the compulsion to speed up your pace for external reasons, to pay attention to your body's signals that might indicate you are rushing due to emotional stress so you can slow down and get back on track, and to implement time-saving measures before you leave for your next round that include number one, reviewing the course you are about to play, number two, adjusting your strategy to test out alternate ways to play that could better leverage your strengths and help you save a stroke or more, and number three, to pre-plan a simple focus for your round that will help you improve your pre-shot process and thereby improve your shot outcomes. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider heading over to iTunes to leave me a review. It's the best way to support the podcast and enable me to keep providing you with the actionable content you need to play great. And if you haven't subscribed to the She Talks Birdie podcast, what are you waiting for? That'll guarantee you won't miss a single juicy episode. I'll be back soon. Remember that things start changing for the better on the outside when you start embracing the changes that must take place on the inside.